Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, July 1st, 2019. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, uh, we've been talking to each other quite a bit over the weekend, which is yeah. not normally the case. Uh, on Sunday, you, me, and Jan Simpson got together for a somewhat unique version of This Week on Broadway. Rather than doing reviews, we look forward at the 2019-2020 season. It was a lot of fun. I really I enjoyed the conversation. We had, a, we had a good time. What was uh, maybe not one of the things that you talked about, but what was something that you took away from something that either Jan said or one of the many brilliant nuggets that I dropped? <laughs> oh, God. No, I really enjoyed our whole conversation on the trajectory the theater is going in at the end, talking about representation and hiring more women. I think everyone had really great points on it. It's definitely something that's always on my brain, and I hope it is on a lot of other people's brains. So, yeah, if you've got what, an hour and a half to spare? Even if you don't have an hour and a half to spare, go listen to it. Yeah, it wasn't an hour and a half. It was, uh, I think, oh. an hour and, let's see, an hour and 10 minutes. Hour, 10 minutes, and 20 seconds. You have no excuse then. Yeah, That's no, no time at all. Well, we're going to start today's show with a pretty complicated legal story out of San Francisco, and one that I'm honestly not 100% sure that I fully understand because of how many incestuous pieces overlap in it. Last week, it was reported that after a long legal battle, Carol Shorenstein Hayes has turned over the reins at the Curran Theater in San Fran to the Ambassador Theater Group. Now, Carol Shorenstein Hayes is a fixture in the San Francisco theater community. Her father was a real estate magnate, and with her inheritance, she has become a big-time player in the theater community there. I feel like I might need an explainer from our friend Mark Hirschberg at Forbes on this because it's all a little bit convoluted. But apparently, this is related to a Delaware Supreme Court ruling from June 20th that said that Shorenstein Hayes violated a non-compete clause that she had with her former partner, Robert Niederlander. She apparently broke the deal by presenting Dear Evan Hansen last season, which was within the 50-mile radius of San Francisco that she had previously agreed to not present Broadway productions within. Shorenstein Hayes will continue to own the Curran and retain a silent 50% share of SHN, the company that she was partners with Niederlander in. Um, and, and that company operates the Orpheum and the Golden Gate Theaters also in San Francisco. That's the company that actually sued her, even though she is still a 50% owner. Now, this also puts into question the long-planned sit-down production of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child that is scheduled to begin an open-ended run this fall at the Curran. ATG, which took over running the theater the day before this Delaware Supreme Court ruling came down, did say that they were moving forward with the production regardless of the court ruling. We'll see about that. According to the San Francisco Chronicle, quote, the ruling stated that in the course of the dispute, Shorenstein Hayes had offered, quote, flippant, evasive, ridiculous answers and speech making during depositions. This exacerbated the problems between SHN and Shorenstein Hayes and did not endear her to the judges who actually overturned a lower court's ruling, which had been in her favor and finally cited, since this is the Supreme Court of Delaware, with SHN. SHN's attorney, Matthew Larrabee, did not comment as to whether the company would try to stop the production of Harry Potter, but he did say that they will be pursuing damages for the staging of Dear Evan Hansen and other Broadway shows that Shorenstein Hayes brought in, including Fun Home, 
Bright Star, and Eclipse. Larrabee also said, quote, The claims for recovery for past seasons will be addressed in the ongoing litigation when the case is returned to the Chancery Court, which is the home court uh, back in San Francisco. Ashley, I, I don't have a ton of insight into this other than to say, what a freaking mess. Honestly, I mean, first of all, incestuous is the right word for it, as so many theater legal battles seem to be. What I'm confused about is SHN said she violated the agreement and then Delaware Chancery Court ruled in favor of her. But it seems really clear cut she violated the agreement, barring I don't know what the timeline was for how long that agreement was supposed to last. Yeah. So, yeah, I do need a full explainer of it because, one, I'm so far removed from this world, and two, it's just, yeah, it just seems like it's a mess. I don't understand how this happened. Yeah, Mark, if you're listening, let let uh, let us know, or maybe you're even going to write about it in Forbes, because it seems fairly self-explanatory that the current is in San Francisco. So it is within the forty or the it is, it is within the fifty mile radius of San Francisco, yeah. and Dear Evan Hansen is clearly a Broadway production. Um, so I'm not sure what the lower courts decided on if there was some sort of loophole or legal wranglings that they were able to put together in there. But um, definitely interesting to see what this is all about because I'm not uh, I'm not sure that I completely understand. But it is uh, definitely something we'll keep an eye on to see how it impacts this Harry Potter sit down. That has been previously planned. In fact, one of my favorite uh, Broadway and off-Broadway performers, someone who has been a guest of mine on Tell Me More, I believe as a part of the company, um, if I'm reading the social media tea, we- tea leaves correctly from over the summer. But actually, let's move into this week's theatrical schedule. And for obvious reasons, it's going to be a bit of a quiet week, as it would make sense not to have a ton of openings or first performances around the 4th of July weekend. However, we do have a few things of note. First, Ashley, a show that you actually mentioned on This Week on Broadway uh, is coming up this week. Yes. Mojada will have its first performance at the Public Theater on Tuesday. The New York premiere is written by MacArthur genius Louis Alfaro and is inspired by the ancient Greek Medea myth. Uh, that's always a fun one. Uh, the show is currently set to run through August 11th. What was it about this show, Ashley, that especially piqued your interest? Well, I think it's timely, unfortunately. It's very much, you know, Mexico-U.S. relations, and it's something we have to see every day of in the national news, and I think the best theater really reflects what we're seeing happening around us. Absolutely. Then on Friday, we have the first previews for the off-Broadway show Reborning. It is written by Zaya Dorn and stars Emily Bett Rickards, who just ended her seven-season run as Felicity Smoke on the TV show Arrow and all of the other ancillary Arrow slash Berlantiverse shows. She will appear opposite the show's director, Tori Triolo, and the show's producer, Paul Pisikowski. Uh, in the show, Rickards plays Kelly, a reborning artist, which I don't know if that's a real thing or not. She creates lifelike dolls based on real babies, either for collectors or for parents who have lost infants. This mm-hmm. already is incredibly creepy. The <laughs> the dark comedy is set to run at the Soho Playhouse through August 3rd, but also on Friday, the London run of The Light in the Piazza, starring Renee Fleming and Dove Cameron, will conclude. The show will then come over for a few runs in the U.S. and Los Angeles and Chicago. Hopefully, patrons in those cities will have a bit of a better run of luck than those in London or those in New York, uh, for those of us that bought tickets to see Clueless, because Cameron 
despite strong reviews, seems to be developing a bit of a reputation for not being able to handle theatrical performance schedules as she is hit or miss maybe getting 50% uh, of the shows. So this is one that got such great reviews that I honestly could see them trying to push it for Broadway if they could count on their star to be in the the show. So we'll see what happens in uh, L.A. and Chicago. Then on Sunday, we have another pair of closings. This time, both of them are on Broadway, as My Fair Lady will close at Lincoln Center and Inc. will close at MTC's Samuel J. Friedman Theater. I thought that both of those shows were fantastic, and if you haven't seen them, I highly recommend both. As always, of course, we will have links uh, to all of the shows discussed in the show notes and on broaderradio.com. Ashley, did you see Inc. as somebody who works in journalism and in print often, too? Um, <laughs> did you Did you see Inc.? I read it. Oh, um, okay. I didn't. I didn't get to see it on stage, and I unfortunately do wish that I got to see it as it played out and got to see Bertie Carvel. It wasn't my favorite thing to read because of that. So I. That's certainly a show that I would have liked to see in well, front of me. Well, you've got seven more days. Um, that's true. You've got eight performances. I would imagine you can probably get cheap tickets. Right. Uh, it's definitely worth it too. I mean, it's a good, it, it it's a very well staged show. Um, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, uh, and this is a complete coincidence because I wasn't necessarily planning on asking you that. But the next story <laughs> features a report from the New York Post, uh, as the Post reported more details on the accident that happened over at the Golden Theater last week, involving three workers who were hit in the head by falling debris. We have learned that the three workers were actually stagehands specifically and that the debris was not what actually I think you and I assumed when you hear debris, you think of like Mm -hmm. pieces of the building falling off. It was actually a pipe that was part of the rigging being used during the loadout of Hillary and Clinton. According to the Post sources, the accident severed part of one man's ear and fractured the skull of another worker. A third staged hand suffered a potentially broken arm, as well as uh, injuries to his back and legs. Not much more to go off of beyond those facts, Ashley, but obviously our thoughts continue to go out to these three individuals. Fortunately, if they are stagehands, they are covered um, through their union. Yeah, that's that's why the unions are there for. Yeah. Okay, let's put all of this yucky stuff in the past. And I'm going to talk about a handful of videos that I have uh, that I want to recommend. Um, The first one actually aired on Good Morning America on Sunday in celebration of World Pride. There was a group of Broadway stars led by Shoshana Bean and George Salazar that sang uh, Seasons of Love. They were the soloists in it, but it also included such names as Ryan Redman, Patrick Vale, Jeremy Davis, Benita Hamilton, Wilson Cruz, Callum Francis, William Van Dyke, uh, Ainsley Melham, and others. Sticking with the Pride theme, we have a couple of performances that I wanted to share from some big-time stars performing at public uh, Pride events. The first is Billy Porter singing the anthem Home from The Wiz to close out the opening ceremonies at the World Pride uh, Festival at Brooklyn's Barclays Center. And then we have Bette Midler performing along with Mark Shaman on the keys at the uh, the Javits Center to open up the 50th anniversary of Stonewall New York Pride's event. Um, so take care of those. And this is not pride related, but I feel like I'm obligated to share it because our, our friend and, and longtime listener stalker Channing on Twitter, um, sent this over and said, if we didn't share it, that means I was homophobic. So I guess I kind of have to share it. Um, <laughs> this is a video 
of Nina West, who I guess was a contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, yes. And it is, Nina is not in drag in this it dressed you know as a man in this but it is up on the stage of the west end production of waitress i think it is probably during one of their waitress karaoke things and uh, nina is lip syncing to lucy jones who is playing jenna at, uh, currently in the west end she's off to the side of the stage he is uh, lip syncing which is something they do on drag race a lot ashley Yes. Okay. Yes, I, yes, yes. I don't watch. Thing. Yeah, it's a big thing with drag queens, I know. So um, very great performance. Check out all of those. Those are fun things that make you feel much better than talking about severed ears and fractured skulls. <laughs> Stalker Channing is a great name. Yeah, it is, I believe, a drag name. I don't, I don't want to speak uh, specifically, but I believe it is the drag name. Do you have a drag name? No, I don't. I, I don't do. I don't do fun things, Ashley. I, I work. I don't do anything else beyond that. But I've never been to a drag show. I, every time I go to New York, I, I always think like, hey, I should go to a drag brunch because I've never I've got been. You. Yeah. Next but it's, time you're here, I've got you covered. I'm okay. going to take Matt Tamanini through Ashley Steves' queer tour of New York. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's just like I always it, it always ends up because I jam like 20 shows in five days that it's just like, yeah, I want to sleep in the morning. So I like, don't get up until like 11 or noon to go to a one or two o'clock show. Uh, but I, it's always something that I, uh, I, I have on my should list along with like sleep no more, which I've still never done. Uh, uh, also got you there. <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll, we'll talk about that next time I'm coming up, but finally, Ashley, I want to talk about one more story on Friday. Variety reported that Academy Award nominee, Melissa McCarthy is in the discussions to play the sea witch Ursula in the upcoming live action adaptation of the little mermaid. The studio was looking to make quote, compelling casting choices. I don't know exactly what that means, but Zendaya has long been rumored to be returning to her Disney roots to play Ariel, something that I am very much uh, in favor of. I also wish that she was maybe a little older so because I think she would actually be a far better Elphaba than a lot of the other people that are getting rumored. Uh, but the show will feature new songs by original composer Alan Menken and Lin-Manuel Miranda, who will be replacing the late Howard Ashman, who, of course, passed away from complications with AIDS after The Little Mermaid was released, but before his work for Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin, which he obviously co-wrote with Menken as well, eventually hit the big screen. Now, actually, there were a lot of people, a lot more people than I expected that were disappointed with this casting than actually liked it. And maybe that's just because social media likes to get worked up about things. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people were disappointed. And um, one of them was pop artist uh, Lizzo, who has become huge in the last few weeks or months. Yeah. Uh, she was one of them. She retweeted a video of her incomplete Ursula garb painted purple <laughs> that she'd actually tweeted out last year singing poor unfortunate soul so i have nothing against Melissa mccarthy i like her a lot i'm a longtime fan of gilmore girls and mm -hmm. to see where she's come from being suki uh is quite funny to me i have no idea if she can sing we've talked about her in the past apparently being rumored to play madame rose uh in the gypsy film but um i have no problem with this but apparently a lot of people do yeah, I mean, Lizzo's been campaigning for it for so long. I think, you know, her fans that have come up with her have seen that. And I'm one of them. I would love to see Lizzo play it. I think that would be so much fun. Honestly, it's not bad casting. I And I love Melissa McCarthy. And my response is the same as it was to the prom movie casting. Titus Burgess was right there. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, this is something that I actually think about a lot because I suggested on This Week on Broadway that we have a few women play traditionally men's yeah. roles in Assassins. That I really have no problem with. I do have a little bit of, in the back of my head that I have problems when we have these weird castings of men playing female roles like Michael Kilgore, who I think is an incredible vocalist. He played the witch in Into the Woods. I don't have a problem when it's a woman taking a man's role, but there is a part of me that has a problem with men taking roles that otherwise would go to women just because women don't always get as many great roles as men do in the theater, despite our... You know, our our regular claim that theater loves strong female roles, they're mm -hmm. usually few and far between and surrounded by a bunch of dudes anyway. Sure. I mean, that's always kind of my default stance is don't take away jobs from women. Ursula, the character is based on Divine, the drag queen. I don't expect Disney to cast a drag queen. Wait, wait really? I've never heard yeah. that. Really? Yeah. I mean, no. I guess I can see it now. Like I, the whole eye makeup looks very mm -hmm. divine-ish. And it also, I guess that makes sense why Harvey uh, Firestein has played Ursula in the past because he won a Tony for playing a role that divine originated in Hairspray. So that's very yeah. interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think Ursula is made up of bits and pieces of different drag queens, much like drag queens are made up of bits and pieces. Bless them. Sure. Yeah, uh, but is mainly yeah. yeah, exactly. But is mainly based on Divine, and like I said, a lot of people are campaigning for Ginger Minj. She was on Drag Race. Don't expect them to do that. The same way that I don't expect them to cast Alex Newell, as incredible as Alex Newell would be in that role. And there is a video of Alex performing "Poor Unfortunate Soul." He seems Soul. a little young. He seems a little young for that role to be sure. honest with you. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. I mean, even Cynthia Erivo tweeted out some excellent recommendations. If you were gonna have a woman do it, like Queen Latifah and Kayla said all the whole the internet wants Lizzo to do it, including Lizzo. I'm sure Harvey Firestein is also in costume at all points of his day, just ready for the call. <laughs> either either, like either that or Edna Turnblad. He's always in costume yeah, for one of them. He's ready. He's yeah. ready. And who can blame him? I don't know. It's it's a fine choice. It's not satisfying. You know there are better choices there who are readily available. Come on, you poor unfortunate soul. Go ahead. Make your choice. I'm a very busy woman and I haven't got all day. It won't cost much. Just your voice. You poor unfortunate soul. So sad, but true. If you want to cross a bridge, my sweet, you've got to pay the toll. Take a gulp and take a breath and go ahead and sign the scroll. Floss some, jest some. Yes, I've got them, boys. The boss is on a you poor unfortunate soul, bitch. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWMatt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at no, this is Ashley. We're going to have a bit of a short week this week because of the 4th of July holiday. So we won't be having Today on Broadway on Thursday or Friday. I think we're probably going to end up having something in the feed on those two days, just in case you need something to get you through the holiday. Don't really know what it's going to be yet, but we will have something. So we will talk to you tomorrow and... Uh, Happy July, everybody. Yeah, July is busting out all over. Yeah. <laughs>